your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 557 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers, just a short time ago, wrapped up a tough, uh, gritty, 3-2 road victory against the Pittsburgh Penguins, defeating them for the second time in less than a week here, and doing so in a way that wasn't obviously as dominant in their previous encounter. You know, the Rangers last week beat the Penguins 5-1 to in Madison Square Garden, and they were basically just firing on all cylinders, but in some ways, I think that makes tonight's win all the more satisfying simply because, you know, they really had to work for this. This was a defensive struggle at times in this game. The Rangers, I thought, did a fantastic job uh, really limiting the Penguins' shots on goal. I believe they only had about nine shots on goal after two periods. And then, uh, you know, the game opened up a little bit more in the third period. The last couple minutes were absolutely crazy, and the Penguins ended up uh, with a few more shots on goal in the third period than they had uh, for the entire game. In fact, they end up with 24 shots on goal to the Rangers' 26 shots on goal. But I don't know about you guys, but I just feel absolutely just terrible that the Rangers went into Pittsburgh and ruined Ben Roethlisberger night. I mean, I don't even know how I'm going to get to sleep tonight. That guy, man, always just such a quality, classy individual, just worthy of everybody's respect and admiration. He really, really is. Um, Yeah. So, as you can tell, uh, I have absolutely no sympathy for the Pittsburgh Penguins being dealt an L uh, while they choose to honor somebody who does not deserve to be honored. But, be that as it may, and you know, I'll I'll say one more thing on that matter. Does anyone out there listening to this think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to do the same thing for Sidney Crosby whenever Crosby retires? I don't see it. I mean, the the Penguins, if you miss it, they were wearing uh, number seven throughout their whole pregame skate here tonight. You know, obviously in tribute to uh, Pittsburgh's former quarterback. I don't see the Steelers going out of their way to make anything even resembling a big deal out of Sidney Crosby retiring. And I could be completely wrong about that. And I'll admit that I'm wrong if I turn out to be wrong. But I just don't see them doing that. And Crosby has more championships than Roethlisberger. Just want to point that out as well. But enough about Pittsburgh. Let's talk about the New York Rangers here. I think uh, one of the things that continues to stand out about this team is that everybody, uh, other than Justin Braun, and we'll talk about that situation in a second, but everybody else that Chris Jury dealt for at or near the trade deadline, Frank Vitrano, Andrew Kopp, Tyler Mott, all three of these guys continue to go out there and contribute for this team in a wide variety of ways. Uh, Frank Vetrano continues his uh, hot scoring stretch. He scores a goal uh, to tie the game in the first period. Kreider to Mika Zibanejad. Zibanejad centers to Frank Vetrano. It's actually kind of a crazy play. In fact, let's just go ahead and go through it real quick right now. Uh, so the puck is behind the uh, Penguin goal line, and Kreider's back there fighting for it. And this is right after Jacob Truba had won a board battle. You know, he was pinned against the boards, but still managed to get the puck in deep. And then the Penguins attempted to clear the puck, but Kreider deflected it. It went up into the air, landed at the feet of Mika Zibanejad, and Mika with a quick little touch pass to Frank Vitrano. Vitrano 
handles the rest, uh, shooting from the high slot area, and he scores to once again tie the score at one to one there. Uh, Frank Vetrano, you know, he was mixing it up a little bit with some of the Penguins in this game as well. I don't know if that's kind of his mo, you know, being a little bit of an agitator, but certainly he doesn't shy away from that kind of a stuff. Uh, there was a confrontation not too long after this. And there was also a confrontation near the end of the uh, second period, actually right at the end of the second period, that Vetrano was also involved in. So uh, Vetrano, not somebody who's afraid to mix it up a little bit. Uh, and getting back to the rest of the new New York Rangers, you've got Andrew Kopp once again chipping in with a secondary assist. He passes to Artemi Panarin, and Panarin moves right down the right side, uh, made like kind of almost like a stop-and-go move that you might see like a running back make, you know, a little cut, uh, and... Then passed back and toward the center of the ice to Braden Schneider, who was waiting in the high slot. And Schneider cranked it home, gave the Rangers a 2-1 to lead at that point in the game. But Andrew Kopp, you know, he had a little bit of a hiccup tonight because he took a really unnecessary penalty when the Rangers were up 3-1 to in the third period, an offensive zone penalty. And uh, the Penguins scored a short time after that to cut the Ranger lead to 3-2. to But other than that, I continue to love what I'm seeing from Andrew Kopp. And, you know, he's just been great so far. And then as far as Tyler Mott... You know, somebody who, again, just a gritty, scrappy player. I've mentioned this before, uh, both on social media and in previous episodes of Locked on New York Rangers, but it's pretty easy to tell why Vancouver Canuck fans absolutely adore this guy. He, abs he works his tail off every single game. Uh, he's already become an important member of the penalty kill unit. And he also set up a scoring chance for the Rangers in this game. He stole the puck behind the Pittsburgh net, passed in front to Ryan Reeves, and uh, Jari had to make a really nice save to prevent that puck from going in. I do not believe Mott has a point yet with the Rangers, but he's still been a fairly impactful player, and I believe that point is coming sooner or later. He's been close a couple of times, both uh, in terms of either scoring himself or you know making a nice pass to give somebody else an opportunity. So I continue to love what I'm seeing from these new players on the New York Rangers. And there was a little bit of a change in the lineup. Uh, obviously, Ryan Strom had to sit this one out with an injury. Uh, the dreaded lower body injury claims yet another victim. Uh, but, you know, hearing Gerard Gallant's comments after the previous game, the one before this one, the big win over Buffalo, uh, it sounds like he's expected back sooner rather than later. We'll see if he's back out there in Detroit. Obviously, it's the second game of a back-to-back. But uh, either way, we will definitely discuss these New York Ranger line combinations in just a second here. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. I am sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, Puffs included, 100% real chocolate. Low-calorie, high-protein, replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKS15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And as I just mentioned, Ryan Strom sat this one out with an injury, and so that means the Rangers obviously have to, uh, you know, shuffle the deck a little bit and uh, put somebody into the lineup to take Ryan Strom's spot. And that somebody turned out to be Ryan Reeves, and we'll get to him in a second. But to just run through the line combinations really quick, you know, I, I saw some Ranger fans lamenting the fact that Dryden Hunt is once again back in a top six role, uh, at least for this game. He was on the second line, which was Andrew Kopp centering Artemi Panarin on the left wing, Dryden Hunt on the right wing. The reason I don't have too much of an issue with this is because I don't think if you're the Rangers, you would have wanted to do anything to break up the third line. You know, the third line right now is Philip Hedl centering Alexi Lafreniere on the left wing, Barclay Goodrow on the right wing. That line has played a lot of really strong games together recently. Uh, we saw Hedl pick up a primary assist on a goal by Alexi Lafreniere. Lafreniere had his six-game point streak come to an end tonight. Uh, but overall, those three have really played well together. And, you know, Goodrow brings some of the grit and does some of the dirty work for that line. So I don't think the Rangers were too keen on the idea of breaking them up. And as we've heard Gerard Gallant talk about in the past, I don't think he wanted to move Alexi Lafreniere from the left wing back to the right wing. I think he prefers him on the left wing, and uh, that's where we're probably going to see him for the foreseeable future. And so, yeah, could they have put Lafreniere on the second line right wing or Hedl or even Goodrow? They could have. But I think, um, you know, for all those reasons I just mentioned, not wanting to break up the third line, it made more sense to just move Dryden Hunt from the fourth line back to the second line, which is a spot where we've seen him uh, many, many times this season. And also, the other thing that this accomplishes, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. The first line remains completely intact. That's still Mika Zibajad, centering Chris Kreider, and Frank Vitrano. And that's another line that you really can't mess with right now because those three are just firing on all cylinders. But that line remains 100% intact. So, too, does the third line of Lafreniere, Hedl, and Goudreau. So, this Ryan Strom injury... You know, by moving Hunt from the fourth line up to the second line and then plugging Ryan Reeves into the lineup on the fourth line, you're only changing two out of your four lines rather than maybe all four of them and reinventing the wheel. I mean, not that you can't do that, but again, this Ranger team has played very well, and uh, the first and third lines in particular, I don't think the Rangers had any real incentive to break them up. So for all those reasons, I was okay with Dryden Hunt playing on the second line here tonight. It seems like it's going to be a temporary solution if you believe that uh, Ryan Strom will not be out of the lineup for very long. And, you know, I will trust the Rangers at their word. I know sometimes they tend to uh, be overly positive when it comes to when their players return from injury. But, again, it does sound like it's, it's a fairly minor uh, injury that's keeping Ryan Strom out of the lineup. So I'm good with Hunt there for a few games. But as I've maintained on this podcast, uh, Dryden Hunt, come playoff time, cannot be in a top six role. And I don't think he will be because by then, uh, you got to figure Ryan Strom's going to be back. Capo Caco might be back into the mix Maybe Lafreniere or Hedl jumps up to a top six role by then, uh, or maybe they stay on the third line. But either way, I, I don't think there's any way Dryden Hunt will be in a top six role come playoff time. And the only line I haven't really talked about yet is the fourth line, and that's Johnny Brodzinski centering Tyler Mott on the left wing, Ryan Reeves on the right wing. And I, for one, am happy that Ryan Reeves is back in the lineup. Uh, the way I see it, he did his time. You know, he uh, had a rough game against the Devils. I mean, the whole Ranger team had a rough game against the Devils, but he took a really bad penalty in the middle of that terrible second period for the Rangers, slash Mason Geertsen in the back of the leg. And, you know, I was on YouTube, and uh, obviously, you know, we're putting all our episodes on YouTube now. Good time to remind you guys to subscribe to Lockdown New York Rangers on YouTube. But I saw one or two comments of people saying that, well, you know, Mason Geertsen, he embellished it a little bit. 
Uh, you're not wrong. I, I definitely think he did. But bottom line, I mean, that's still a slash. He still got him in the back of the leg, and it just wasn't a good time, a good situation for him to take the penalty. Uh, I had a really strong feeling that Ryan Reeves would be a healthy scratch for at least one game. It turned out to be two games, and I'm not sure what would have happened here if the Rangers still had Ryan Strom in the lineup. You know, would they have continued to just roll out the same players and, uh, you know, not put Reeves back into the lineup? I kind of hope that that would not have been the case because this is getting nasty between the Rangers and the Penguins. I mean, there's no love lost between these two teams. The Penguins, you know, they are a team that I think you have to give them credit for the way that they fight in games. They're a team that does not give up very easily. But by that same token, and I'll elaborate more on this a little bit later, this is a team that can get rattled a little bit. And we saw examples of that in this game here tonight. Uh, they can uh, take liberties if things aren't necessarily going their way. They can get flustered a little bit. And I think Ryan Reeves, having somebody like him in the lineup, if you're the New York Rangers, that keeps them honest. They're not going to try to pull quite as much nonsense as they otherwise might if Ryan Reeves was not in the lineup. And Reeves is built for a playoff series against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I, I really believe that. Uh, somebody else that I got to give a lot of credit to in this game, and somebody that... Again, he's one of those players that catches a little bit of flack from Ranger fans every now and then, and it's not always entirely unwarranted, but it's Jacob Truba. I mean, Truba, it seems like the more intensive a game that is being played, the better he plays. This guy goes out there, he's all over the ice, he throws his weight around, he's unleashing these blistering slap shots uh, from the blue line. He almost scored tonight, he put one off the post. Uh, again, the physicality is there. The big checks are there. He knocked somebody to the ice with a check, an open ice hit in this game, a uh, clean hit. But, yeah, I mean, Jacob Truba, he is going to be big time for the Rangers uh, in the playoffs, especially if they play this Pittsburgh Penguins team who, like I said, there's no love lost here. There's there's a lot of bad blood boiling between these Rangers and these Penguins, and we've got one more regular season matchup, and then in all likelihood, buckle up because it's, uh, it's playoff time, and we're probably getting a best of seven against these Pittsburgh Penguins unless – you know, I mean, the standings could change. Maybe the Rangers win the Metro. Maybe the Penguins drop to fourth place. You never know what can happen. But uh, for all intents and purposes, if you're going to bet on what is going to happen come playoff time, I think, you know, Rangers-Penguins is a, a pretty good bet right now. And then the only other thing I want to talk about as it pertained to the Ranger lineup, uh, once again, Braden Schneider sticking in the lineup. He's on the third pairing alongside Patrick Nemeth. This is the third consecutive game for Braden Schneider. Uh, Justin Braun was brought over to the Rangers in exchange for a third-round draft pick and played in the first game against the Devils and has not seen the ice since. And it's nothing against Justin Braun, but I will say what I've said all along. I am not convinced Braun is some massive upgrade on Braden Schneider. And come playoff time, I think getting Braden Schneider playoff experience and a little bit of trial by fire, that's a good thing. I don't want Braden Schneider making his playoff debut next year. I want him to do it this year. You know, next year, the Rangers might have an even better chance to win the Stanley Cup than they do this year. And I don't want uh, Braden Schneider to be uh, playing in his first career playoff game at this same time next season. So get him out there. Let him do his thing. I mean, Justin Braun, it's going to be tough for him to get back into the lineup. Now, I'll say that, and he'll be back out there in the next game. You never know for sure. But, you know, Braden Schneider was good tonight. He scored a goal. He's played well ever since the Rangers called him up, basically. And I don't know. I mean, to me, the team is winning, and you know how these coaches are. They like to stay with the same lineup when things are going well and when the team is putting up Ws, and that's what's happening right now. And I will also say this as it pertains to Braden Schneider and also really all of the young Ranger players. The Rangers are playing the Pittsburgh Penguins 
three times in the span of just two weeks. And that's a good thing because a lot of players on this New York Ranger team are going to be making their Stanley Cup playoff debut, and even more will be making their Stanley Cup playoff debut if you kind of uh, ignore the COVID season when the Rangers were, you know, they were in the bubble and they had uh, the first round matchup against the Canes. It was a best of five. There were no fans in the arena for very understandable reasons. And yes, that was the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Rangers participated, but they got swept right out of the playoffs that year. And obviously, you know, if you're a young player, you're not getting the full Stanley Cup playoff experience without having any fans in the building. And once again, you know, living in that bubble and not playing Madison Square Garden and then also traveling on the road to play your opponent in their barn. So, not a bad thing to play a few of these uh, high-intensity playoff-like games late in the season here, particularly against the Pittsburgh Penguins, once again the team that you are very likely to see in the first round of the playoffs. So, we will continue talking about this game in just a second. So, uh, how about Chris Kreider having a decent season for himself? Wouldn't you guys say he ends up with his 45th goal of the season in this game? I believe he is now four goals off of the pace set by Austin Matthews, who currently leads the NHL with 49 goals. Uh, that's assuming that nothing else happened in the NHL tonight. Uh, to be quite honest, I don't even know if the Maple Leafs were playing tonight or not. But bottom line, Chris Kreider right up there with the most prolific goal scorers in the league this season. Goal number 45, like I just said. And this one came on the power play. In fact, it was the Rangers' only power play opportunity of the night. They convert. And you've got Artemi Panarin uh, moving the puck along the boards. He's skating with the puck up the right boards, and then he passes back to the blue line to Adam Fox. Now, Fox has a Pittsburgh defender, you know, closing on him pretty quickly, and Fox is carrying the puck. You know, he's back skating uh, basically, you know, right across the blue line there. He's a couple of feet in front of it, obviously, but the Penguins closing in on him, and he did something so subtle here, but it created the entire play. It, it basically resulted in the Rangers scoring a goal. He sold that he was going to pass, presumably, back to Panarin. Uh, he turned his body just a little bit to his right and made it look like he was going to pass. And when he did that, you could see the Pittsburgh defender, uh, he reacted to it and kind of moved himself into what would have been the passing lane. And in Adam Fox doing this, what it did was it got this guy out of his way for him to take a shot at the net. Just a brilliant play by Adam Fox. It's just little things like this, night in and night out, that make this guy the standard bearer of hockey defenseman on this planet. He's just that good. And, you know, again, it's easy to marvel at the numbers. I mean, Fox ends up with his 55th assist of the season on this goal here. But that little move that he made, uh, once again, that opened the door for the Rangers to score this goal. And it also... Uh, kind of resulted in Fox catching a little bit of a break here. I don't think he did what he did next on purpose, uh, although he might have. Who knows? You'd have to ask Adam Fox, and he's good enough that maybe uh, he did do this on purpose. But what he did was he then shot the puck. Like I said, he tricked that defender out of his way, basically, and now he's got a shot at the net. He shoots the puck. It goes wide on the near side, but it bounces off the boards, comes back in front, and Chris Kreider buries the rebound. And what a job by Chris Kreider on this play as well, because he was on the opposite side of the Pittsburgh net. You know, he's looking for probably a tip-in goal or a rebound opportunity, whatever it might be. But as soon as Fox took this shot, Kreider anticipated it, and he knew exactly what was going to happen, and he immediately darted uh, from one side of the net to the other, got himself in position, 
And, uh, you know, again, the puck went off the boards, came back in front, and Kreider buries it from the doorstep. Just a phenomenal goal by the Rangers on this play. And some nice round numbers, too. I just mentioned Chris Kreider got his 45th goal. Adam Fox got his 55th assist. And Artemi Panarin with his 60th assist of the season. And this turns out to be the game winner because, like we were talking about, uh, the Penguins did cut the Ranger lead to 3-2. to two. Uh, about midway through the third period, a little bit past the midway point, a goal by Sidney Crosby from the blue line. Looked like Igor Shesterkin was screened. And in fact, it looked like Igor Shesterkin was probably screened on both goals that the uh, Penguins scored in this game. The other goal was scored fairly late in the first period by Brian Boyle, his ninth of the season. It's nice to have Brian Boyle. Uh, excuse me, it's nice to see Brian Boyle uh, having a nice season for himself. I wish it was with a team other than the Penguins, but be that as it may, that guy's obviously been through a lot and continues to remain a productive player uh, well into his mid-30s at this point. Uh, like I said, ninth goal of the season and somebody that has played a uh, solid role for the Penguins on their fourth line there. So good for him. Uh, fortunately, the Rangers won this game anyway, but it was not for the faint of heart in the last two minutes and 30 seconds or whatever it was here. Just complete chaos. The Rangers had no fewer than, I would say, three or four opportunities at the very least to put this game away down the stretch uh, because the Penguins had their goalie pulled. You know, they, they pulled their goalie fairly early with 232 remaining in regulation. They did it with a draw in the Rangers' zone forthcoming. The Rangers had just iced the puck, and the Penguins said, what the hey, let's pull our goalie now. Let's give ourselves a chance. Um, a lot of things to like here. I mean, we'll get to all the uh, missed empty net opportunities that the Rangers had here. Uh, but Barclay Goodrow, and again, this is somebody that has done such a nice job for the Rangers this season and somebody that I always want on the ice in these situations. He made a really nice play, basically standing up Sidney Crosby at the Ranger blue line. Uh, Crosby came in up the right side, and Goudreau basically just pinned him to the boards, and the Rangers were able to clear the puck a second or two later. And that's when uh, all these flurries of empty net chances began for the Rangers. Kreider had a chance at the empty net from the neutral zone, uh, but two Penguin players kind of converged on him. You know, Kreider had to gain the red line to avoid the icing, and just as he was taking his shot, might have actually been Malkin, but somebody uh, got their stick on Kreider's stick, poked the puck wide, and as a result, you know, it's just dumped into the Penguin zone. But then you, right after this, just get this crazy scramble. Uh, Andrew Cobb, Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, they're all there on the doorstep. This puck was an inch or two from going into the net. And in the middle of all this chaos, I think it might have even uh, been deflected into the air and seemingly bounced off the crossbar. I don't know for sure that that's what happened. Like I said, this was just pure chaos here. Uh, you've got like three Rangers in the crease and four Penguins in the crease trying to bury the puck and keep the puck out of the net respectively uh, with about 130 to go here. Mika Zibanejad was blatantly boarded while fighting for a puck along the boards, and the refs did not call it because, of course not. And then the Rangers get another opportunity. Artemi Panarin passes off the boards to Barclay Goodrow in deep. Now, Goodrow, I will say, he's got to bury this, but it wasn't as easy as maybe it would have appeared because he, by the time he tracked on the puck, you know, Panarin's pass led him into the zone, and by the time he got there, uh, he was moving about as fast as he can move. And was it something of a sharp angle? And once again, put it off the post with about 46 seconds left in the game. I, I do think he's got to bury that one. And we've seen Goudreau score a couple of empty netters this season. But one of those plays that may not have been quite as easy as it looked while you were watching it live. I, that's just my take on it anyway. Um, but then Igor Shesterkin, who seems to be back to his old self here. You know, he's had two excellent games against the Pittsburgh Penguins here, holding this high-powered offense to just three total goals in six periods. 
Very, very impressive. And he makes a clutch, excellent save uh, with 15 seconds remaining in the game. Uh, again, everything's happening really fast. But Malkin pass in front, and then the Penguins work the puck over to Jake Gensel on the doorstep, and Igor Shesterkin with an excellent sliding pad save once again with just 15 seconds remaining in the game. Uh, the Penguins get another offensive zone draw, which is 4.5 seconds left. They call their timeout. You've got Cop out there taking the face off against Jeff Carter. Carter won it, but not completely clean, and the Penguins worked it around the perimeter for a shot that went wide. So the Rangers hang on, like I was saying, just a chaotic final 230 or whatever it was there. Uh, again, playoff-like atmosphere. I know I keep saying that, but that's the biggest takeaway from this. Uh, this game definitely felt like a postseason kind of game and certainly a preview of what we might see in the playoffs. And, you know, hopefully the Rangers can just play the way they've been playing against the Pittsburgh Penguins in these last two games here. And I think they'll do just fine against this team. It's not going to be easy. There's some veterans over there. There's some former cup champions over there. But I do think in a seven-game series, the Rangers are showing you that uh, they can certainly go toe-to-toe with this Pittsburgh Penguin team and ultimately prevail and hopefully punch their ticket to round two. We're getting a little bit of ahead of ourselves here, but uh, that's okay. You know, the playoffs are just right around the corner, and I know I can't be the only Ranger fan who's very excited at the prospect of uh, some Ranger postseason hockey here. I also want to talk a little bit about the dust-up at the end of the second period. This has actually happened in both of these two recent games between the Rangers and the Penguins. A little get-together at the end of the second period, and this one occurred between Gensel and Lindgren. Uh, basically, you had Gensel shoving Lindgren in the face with, uh, you know, his stick was up pretty high. And then Lindgren shoved him back. And before you know it, everybody's over there. And Matheson kind of ties up with Ryan Lindgren. And Matheson pulls off Lindgren's helmet. And this goes back to what I was talking about before. The Penguins are a team, when things are not going their way, they do get flustered. And, and again, I, I distinguish between a team that gets flustered, and a team that gives up. The Penguins do not give up. I know a lot of us Ranger fans are probably not necessarily the biggest fans of this team. And, I mean, why would we be? It's a division rival. We've seen some pretty epic playoff battles between these two squads over the past uh, however many years you want to go back. But the way the Penguins have acted these last two games, particularly at the end of the second period in each of these two games, uh, it tells me that, once again, this is a team that can get a little bit flustered and you can get under their skin at least a little bit. And the Rangers have been smart about this. They've taken the high road. They haven't taken any stupid penalties retaliating in situations like this. And in fact, this whole dust-up resulted in the Rangers getting a power play opportunity in the third period because uh, when he came back after the second intermission, Ryan Lindgren was in the penalty box for the Rangers, but Gensel and Matheson were both in the box for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So the Rangers get a power play, and we talked about how big that matchup is going to be come playoff time as well. Rangers number two power play in the league, Penguins number two penalty kill. And again, this was the Rangers' only power play opportunity of the game, and they scored Chris Kreider from the doorstep, and that turns out to be the game-winning goal. So that was big there. Uh, the Rangers got under the Penguins' skin, and it cost the Penguins the game. I mean, that that's really, there's no other way to say it, because this was the game-winning goal, and you never know exactly how things are going to shake out, uh, but it's possible that if all this doesn't happen at the end of the second period here, the Rangers never make the score 3-1, to one, and Crosby's goal in the third period doesn't just uh, bring the Penguins within one. It might have actually tied the game. Uh, so Penguins have nobody to blame but themselves for losing their cool at the end of the second period there. And, uh, you know, again, props to the Rangers for taking the high road in situations like this, uh, not losing their temper, not losing their cool, and getting a power play as the result of everything that happened at the end of the second period. And the last thing I want to talk about here today, you know, we mentioned the line combinations earlier in this game. 
Uh, but obviously what's happening right now is with Ryan Strom out of the lineup, you've got Andrew Kopp playing in Strom's usual place, centering the second line. And in fact, Kopp was also in Ryan Strom's usual place on the Rangers' top power play unit. And it leads me into an inevitable discussion, and it's one of those things, you know, I'll just talk about it uh, fairly briefly here, but we're obviously going to have a lot to say about this uh, come offseason time. But you see Cop out there with Panarin, and you see Cop putting up all these points, and you also realize that almost every uh, situation where Cop has gotten a point with the New York Rangers, Panarin has somehow been involved in just about every single one of them, and it ultimately begs the question of, you know, do the Rangers see Andrew Cop as a potentially less expensive alternative to Ryan Strom? Now, before I really get into this, uh, I do have to give props to Ryan Strom. I know he's got his naysayers out there, but this guy's been a very important player for the New York Rangers over the past few seasons. Some of his best work has been done when Artemi Panarin has not been in the lineup. Uh, there was a stretch last year that lasted about three weeks where Panarin was out of the lineup, and Ryan Strom was the best offensive player on the New York Rangers during that time. Uh, so we've seen him step up for this team in some big spots, and once again, play a very important role and overachieve based on what he had done in his career prior to coming to the New York Rangers. He's also an alternate captain. I realize the Rangers have 20 alternate captains, uh, but be that as it may, still an important player for the New York Rangers. So I'm not trying to push Ryan Strom out the door here, but facts are facts. If the Rangers and Strom can't come up with a contract that they think is fair to both sides, if Strom wants to go out there and test free agency a little bit, then yes, I do think the Rangers could look at Andrew Kopp as sort of their plan B. Very, very difficult to envision a scenario where the Rangers are able to keep both of those players because all those extensions are kicking in next season. I mean, yeah, that that's not going to happen. I don't think there's any way possible that Kopp and Strom are both back next season. But, you know, once we get into the offseason, we will definitely take a look at the Ranger impending UFAs because for the longest time this season, the only impending UFAs for the Rangers were Strom, uh, Kevin Rooney, and Greg McKay. And so Strom, you know, clearly the uh, biggest name of the bunch. Uh, but now, you know, you've got guys that are presumably brought in to be rentals, and some of them probably will end up being just that. You know, they'll be on their way in free agency when free agency starts. But, you know, you start to look at somebody like Andrew Kopp, and you start to think, like, yeah, you know, maybe he could be here for a little bit longer. Uh, maybe somebody like Frank Vetrano, who's on fire since coming over to the Rangers. And even Tyler Mott, you know, Mott might prove to be less expensive than any of the players that I just mentioned. And so um, maybe the Rangers like him. They see him as somebody who can round out the bottom six, and he sticks around on a fairly uh, inexpensive deal. I mean, we'll see what kind of a contract uh, he ends up getting for himself. But like I said, this is all a debate for another day. I just wanted to at least introduce the whole cop versus Strom dynamic here. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to break down everything that happens between the Rangers and Detroit Red Wings. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodin and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.